I'm super excited tonight. I want to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart and something that actually is very near and dear to God's heart, I believe. I want to talk a little bit about character tonight. Okay, if you've got your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalms chapter 15. Psalms chapter 15. Thank you, God. I thank you that your spirit's just going to move right now. In Jesus' name. Okay, so Psalms chapter 15, the, the title of this psalm is called The Character of Those Who May Dwell with the Lord. It's a really good chapter title. The Character of Those Who May Dwell with God. Can I tell you this? Your character matters to God more than most of us actually realize and pay attention to. Our character actually holds so much weight with God that it causes doors to be opened and closed with Him. Okay, Psalms 15, verse 1. I'm gonna, I'm, I, I don't have enough time, obviously, to go after every single facet of character. We're going to be going after just one facet tonight. Verse 1, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle, which actually is talking about intimacy with the person of God. And who may dwell on your holy hill, he who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. Just hold that right there for a second. Speaking the truth in your heart, we can skim over that verse. That's actually a really big, big deal right there. Being able to speak what's really going on in your heart and not hiding it from people and presenting something different is a big deal to God. Hello, we good? I know the room's a little quiet right now, but we, we can either get something or we can just go home unchanged and watch movie and get some kind of TV dinner. I want to get changed right now. How about you? I'm, I'm speaking this just as much to myself as I am with you. So he who, and sorry, and speaks the truth in his heart, verse 3, and does not backbite with his tongue, really good scripture right there to be paying attention to for all of us charismatic Christians, right? He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does not take up a reproach against his friend, an offense. Someone that doesn't take on board an offense against their friend. Can I tell you this? The enemy, the devil, Satan, demons, whatever you want to call it, dark spirits, are constantly looking to build a case in your mind against godly friends and relationships. They will try and set up an assignment against the ones that God's put in your life, divine relationships, divine friendships, um, spiritual leaders, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, those that God has put in your life to help you to move you towards the dream of God, the enemy is constantly looking to build something in your mind to reject those people. That's why the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. True? One of, the, one of his names, like you know how God has many names, so does the devil, Beelzebub, the accuser of the brethren, all those kinds of terrible things, that serpent of old. Right? There's a whole bunch of names for the devil too. Sometimes, not to glorify the devil, it actually really pays to know what those names are and what they mean. So the, the Bible tells us it very clearly to do, not to be ignorant of the wiles, as that's the New King James Version, which also translates strategies or tactics of the devil. You are to be aware of how he strategizes against your life and mind. Amen? So we're not to be aware of this stuff. So it is really smart to not take up an offense against your friend. That's why the Bible says when you stand praying, if you have something in your heart against your friend... Rather than looking spiritual in front of everyone else, go to him and him alone and sort it out. Does this make sense? God is telling us that this stuff matters. 
It matters. Here, can I, can I also just bring another angle on that? It doesn't mean go to your little friend group down at Starbucks and roast the person alive. Did you hear what the pastor said? Oh, that's so bad. Yeah, it's actually probably scriptural. You might need to go consult with Holy Ghost and make sure that your opinion doesn't try and outweigh the word of God because now you're actually taking up a thing with God. Does this make sense? So he who does not backbite with his tongue nor does evil to his neighbor nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. I know this is not going, wow, this is so cool, man. I feel like I've come out of here and I'm going to become a multimillionaire of what Andrew said tonight. Actually, you might be. Because look, look at the very beginning. Verse 1, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle and who may dwell in your holy hill? If you want to progress with your life and actually get further with God, this stuff really matters. It's a real big deal to God. Okay, now, verse 4, now we're getting somewhere. In whose eyes a vile person is despised. In other words, what that means is that in, this, in, in someone that's doing right before God, they're not looking at someone doing hideous wrong and saying, yeah, that's cool. They're actually, when it says the vile person, I don't personally believe that that means the actual person. I believe that what that person is doing is actually despised. Does this make sense? Because the second we lift standards and we start saying, oh, they're, they're cool, everything's cool, everything's okay, that's the minute that we start going downhill where we start accepting stuff that the Scriptures, which in other words really means God's character calls wrong. That's why the Bible says in the last days men would call good evil and evil good. We're living in that kind of thing right now where there's so much confusion where if you stand up and say, hey, that's wrong, now you're a bigot. Whereas if you stand up and say that something wrong is right, you're a hero. True? You don't even need to go too far. You can go to social media and the news to figure that one out real fast. So we're living in such a confusing society where this kind of stuff that I'm talking about is not celebrated. It's actually either confused or it's condemned. Does this make sense? Where actually God doesn't change and there's certain things with God that he'll never compromise on. And the sooner we figure that out, the better off we're going to be. Does that make sense? It's got to plow the little bulldozer of the Holy Ghost down through the atmosphere until there's some freedom in this room. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I like a good challenge. Okay. <laughs> right, Jeff. Okay, verse 4. In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. Can I say this? Value the right thing and stop valuing stuff that's wrong. I saw this amazing, amazing statement this last week. And you guys all heard of the cash me outside girl? Cash me outside, how about that? You know, some, if you don't know, it's this girl that went on, what was it, Dr. Dr. Phil? And she, this girl's like raised in the ghetto, dropped out of school at what, seventh grade? At 14, she's 14 now? She's 14 now, she dropped out of school in some like really low end grade. And basically she's just living hood rat life. And it's really sad because it actually is a production of, of brokenness and broken home and probably abuse and every kind of tragedy. Like, it's just brokenness. And she's on Dr. Phil, and she's just, I didn't even, I just saw like a quick clip of it, you know, like probably most of you have. But basically, she's just blowing out all her pain, and she's just all like putting on a tough show. But we're already, like, if you really know Jesus, you know that's just a show. That's not someone that's strong. You, understand, you start to realize that that's actually a result of someone that has a wall up that is trying to protect themselves because they don't want anyone to see how broken and hurting and, and just in terror they are of their own person. 
So they, they have this thing with this girl, cash me outside, how about that? And then they showed this, this kid, and I don't even, I, to be honest with you, I can't even remember what his name is, but it's this kid, and he's the same age as her, and I think he is, he already, by the age of 21, he will be a qualified medical doctor, a qualified civil engineer, and a qualified something else, and no, none of us have ever heard of this guy before. He's the same age. He's worked hard. He had to do all these different things to get over all kinds of tragic stuff he grew up in. Yet no one knows. And then they said, but this girl, Cash Me Outside Girl, has 7 million Instagram followers. We're in a society that overlooks good character and celebrates brokenness. Matter of fact, we follow it. Okay, so, so that's why when you have to stand up and preach a message like this, it's like, well, this is kind of new. No, it's actually really old. It goes back to the throne of God. Sorry to break the news to you. But you need to get off Instagram. You need to get into the Bible. Because the more you get into this book, the more you're going to start thinking straight. The more you start thinking straight, the more you're going to start to please God because your ways, the way you live, is going to start reflecting what pleases Him. And as you start to please Him, He's going to cause your ways to prosper and you're going to start to walk in the blessing of God. Amen? More sons and daughters need to walk in this stuff than following people on Instagram because the world needs to see you walking in the blessing of God because of the way that you've walked before God. Hello. Okay, so... Now, watch this. I haven't even got to the one I want to touch on yet. We're, we're plowing through the atmosphere right now. It's awesome. Okay. So, and whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors the Lord. Uh, he honors those who fear the Lord. Now, this is where we're going. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. Right here, you can underline that in your Bible. This is where we're going. We just landed. Someone who swears to their own hurt and doesn't change. What that means is, let me give us a real down-to-earth option. Some, Bex comes to me and says, hey, um, I'd like to go on a trip to New Zealand, and I'd like to book that with the family. And I'm like, yes, that's awesome. And then someone turns up to me and says, hey, I've got a $50,000 all-expenses-paid hunting trip, which to me is my personal love language. I, I... She's my ultimate love language, but you get what I'm saying? That's, that's my, like, get out of it, like, blow out and have, have some wind-down time. But here's the thing. If I say to Bex, hey, I can't come now because there's something better, even after I've promised her that we're going as a family to New Zealand, which we just did a couple of weeks ago, then what I've done is I have broken the integrity and the value of my own word. I've literally cheapened my promise to a get-out-of-jail clause. Here, let me bring it a little bit more home. Someone invites you to a barbecue and you say yes, and then you don't show up because someone called you with tickets to Disneyland. Oh, see, now we're hitting home a little bit. We're now in Anaheim. Do you see what I'm saying? And then we take it a step further if we're Californian and we don't even let them know that we're not coming. They've got dinner on the table and everything's laid out. They went and put on a nice meal. They cook for you and they're sitting around the whole family. The kids are going, Mom, can we eat? We're hungry. And you're off living meeting Mickey Mouse. Pirates of the Caribbean, somebody. 
Woohoo, I'm blessed. Let's do a little Snapchat Facebook selfie. No character. Sorry, I'm slapping people around a little bit right now, but this is going to get you to a place where God is pleased with the way you walk. And I understand this is not maybe the culture you've been raised in, but I have to tell you it's the culture you're going to spend all of eternity in, so we might as well shift over now. Hello. Who swears to his own hurt, or who swears, who makes a promise, even if it costs them a better option. Whoa. When you give your word, that's it. See, for me, personally, I have this thing where if someone locks arms with me and says, hey, I'm going to be your friend. Do you know what that actually means to me personally, Andrew Billings? Do you know what that means? That means your enemies become my enemies. That means your challenges become my challenges. That means when you need me, I have an obligation to help you. Hello. Oh, I've got something else going on over here. Sorry, hope it all works out. Nope. God made you to be a royal priest, a royal king, a son, a daughter that looks like something. It has to have some kind of backing. You know, in this country, there's this place called Fort Knox. And allegedly, there's a whole bunch of gold there. Now, that's disputable from what I hear. That's totally disputable. But here's the amazing part. Fort Knox is supposed to have so much gold in bars, like it's fully guarded with tanks and like full military. It's crazy. But that place, the gold in that place, allegedly is supposed to back the validity of the currency of the United States of America. Do you know that? If you don't, you should. If that gold wasn't there, the money that's in your wallet isn't worth the paper it's printed on. Hello, this is how major economic crashes happen. I'm just trying to paint a picture that your words are nothing if your character doesn't back it up. Hello. Because here's the thing. People are sick and tired of hearing that you go to church and that you're a Christian and that you love Jesus and watch your lifestyle not backing it up. They will watch you after you've said that, and if your character doesn't line up with what you preach, they will label you a hypocrite. And they maybe likely won't make it to heaven because your character failed to back the currency with which you were trading with them in your words. Come on, somebody. Who swears... To their own hurt. Now you've got to remember, let's go back to the top. Lord, who may abide in your holy temple? Who may be intimate with you? Who may dwell in your holy hill? Someone who swears to their own hurt. Hello? See, character matters to God. Do you realize that God has never broken one of his words? Ever. He has never, ever broken one of his own words. That's why sometimes it's like, well, God hasn't kept the promise. Hold on, it's coming. Haven't seen that thing God told me yet. Hold on, it's coming. He never. Do you you understand that if God broke one promise, one statement, he would cease to exist as God that we know. 
He would lose his holiness of perfection and he would become based. You guys get what I'm saying? That's how important character is to God. That's why it says that when the word of the Lord goes out, it goes out and it comes back having accomplished the very thing. It doesn't come back until it has accomplished the very thing it was sent out to do. God's words are like messengers that go and do tasks. And our words need to be the same. When we make a promise, we need to back it up. Otherwise, what good is your spirituality and your, I was touched by an angel? Yeah, well, I hear that you're touched by an angel and you're having visitations from the Lord and you've got all these visions and this amazing revelation and you read your Bible, but I can't even depend if you make a promise that you'll do it. We've all got those friends, right? It's like, well, they said it, but let's sit back and see if it happens. Right? And we've all been those people. It's time to change. The only way you can change like this is actually becoming more intimate with Jesus. I'm not trying to condemn anyone, but what I am trying to do is I'm actually trying to pull a plumb line down do you guys know what a plumb line is? When I first left school, I became a builder in New Zealand. That means, and in New Zealand, you have to build a, a, a construction of a house or a building like this from start to finish with high-level excellence. It's not just like, oh yeah, I stand the frames up and then I move. No, it's the whole project, start to finish. A plumb line is a piece of string with a perfectly bulbed piece of steel. That's like it comes down to this pinpoint. It's round but it kind of comes like a bulb and it comes down to a point. That's tied on the end of the string, and the string is put, if you want to find the exact bottom point of the apex of this roof, you tie the string right underneath that, and you let it hang down, and when everything's finished, that little bulb sits perfectly over the center of the floor that matches the perfect point at the top of that roof. And a plumb line creates a perfect line that you can then measure off. The Word of God is a plumb line in a world where everything doesn't have rules. In, in a place where we've created curves where there's supposed to be straight lines. Does this make sense? And when you start getting this in you, you start thinking different. That's why I couldn't encourage you more to start reading Proverbs. It's going to cause you to start thinking through the eyes of wisdom instead of the eyes of being flaky. This is one of the flaky capitals of the world. Stand out, be a plumb line. Who cares if everyone else doesn't keep their word? Keep yours. There's certain things that I have to do, like there's certain things that I have to do to make sure that my word stays valuable. You don't want to be known as the person of like, oh yeah, that person. Because can I ask you like an honest question? What do you really call someone who doesn't keep their promises? A liar. A liar. We don't want to be that person. See, the, the painful part is that when we make a promise and a better option comes along, we, we, this generation more than any other generation before is going to have to fight this thing. Because you can go on social media and you flick past the stories that don't interest you and then you stick on the ones that do. You, you can go on TV and there's a hundred channels to choose from. You know, with all the messed up dating stuff there is today that's seeped into society, stuff like Tinder. I mean, that stuff's just totally demonic. Because what you've learned to do is you've learned to go, well, I can play and flirt around with eight or 10 or 20 guys or girls at a time and I can mess them all around because I've got options. I can, guys, I can make 20 girls think that I love them or I'm interested in them, but they're actually just options. And girls, same thing. And I'll give them all my words that they're the only one I'm talking to, but actually there's a whole bunch of others. 
You get what I'm saying? And I'll keep messing around with this and I'm going to put myself out there until a better option comes along. We do it right across the board. We actually need to just start locking down in the Holy Ghost and start being integrous. Come on, let this convict you. I know this isn't comfortable, and I know I'm having to plow through this a little bit, but this actually can change us where people recognize heaven in us. Be different, and it's good. Can I tell you something? Just from an employee point of view, like as an employer, when someone actually says something and does what they say, they are the most valuable person in a workforce, secular or Christian. Why? Because character actually matters in the real world. It matters. When someone says, yeah, I'm going to do this, and then they don't do this, blowing. No one wants that. That's, that stinks. Why? Because it stinks. Because the thing that you thought was getting done is like, oh, we ended up at Krispy Kreme, and it was real cool, and we got talking, and uh, and the job didn't get done. You see what I'm saying? The Bible says in Proverbs, that an unfaithful messenger is like a bad tooth. There ain't nothing good about a bad tooth. Nothing. It's like, hey, could you please go run this errand for me? Sure. It's like, oh, yeah, dude, I was like walking down Beach Boulevard, and all of a sudden I saw some of my homies, and he said, come to the beach, and let's go surfing. I was like, yeah. Messenger, message never got delivered. Errand never got ran. That crucial document that was supposed to be delivered on time it ended up washing down the beach somewhere because some homie left it in his pocket. Integrity matters, guys. In the real world, let's put church and Jesus and the Bible aside. Just for a split second, integrity really matters. Okay, you guys with me? Is anyone sneaking out the back to gather stones? It's like, I don't like what he's saying. That's fine. I'd rather tick you off with the truth than tickle you with lies. So, come with me, please. Matthew chapter 21. And verse 28. Now, let's, some of you are like, oh, it's just Andrew. He's just going on again, trying to tell us that we need to change and listen to the Bible. Let's listen to Jesus for a second. Hashtag for real, though. Matthew chapter 21, verse 28. Now, Jesus is telling a parable. He says, but what do you think? A man had two sons, and they came to the first, and, and he came to the first and said, son, go to work today in my vineyard. And the son answered and said, I will not but afterward regretted it and went. I don't want to do that. Father, you always make me go and work. I don't like working. I don't, I don't appreciate this discipline thing. I don't appreciate this being a plumb line thing and doing my chores and being a responsible adult, paying for my own bills. Anyways, that's a whole other story. We'll just get back off that one before it goes down the wrong road and we end up like fire and brimstone. So he says basically, Dad, I'm not going to do this. And later in the day, he's like, you know what? That really was bad of me. I, should, I shouldn't have like, flipped my dad off like that. I'm going to go do, do what he asked me because you know, he's really a good guy and he takes care of me. All right? Now watch this. This is what I'm going to call Southern California son. Then he came to the second son and said, likewise. And the son said, oh, yeah, I'll totally go. You're awesome. I'll do anything for you. You're amazing. But he did not go. Didn't show up. Father was in the field waiting for him. Next minute, son never shows up. <clears throat> now watch this. Verse 31. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said to him, 
the first one did. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. That's some strong words. Do you understand what he's saying? He's saying all the unqualified that say yes get to come into heaven before you do because you're entitled and you think that you have the right to choose when actually you're a son. And when I ask you to do something, you say yes and then you say no. The Bible says in James that an unstable man or a double-minded, sorry, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That's not just unstable in the thing that he was double-minded about. That means that you can't count on that person for anything. That's not the person you call when you're in distress. Hey, my house is burning down. Could you come? Yeah, I'll be right there. No worries. Hey, let's check out what's on UFC right now. Flick the channel. Hey, honey, could you cook me some popcorn? No. You want the friend that literally leaps out of bed, runs down the street, putting their clothes on to get to your house to help put the fire up. That's the friend you want. And that's the friend God wants. That's who God wants. God wants someone whose yes is yes and whose no is no, which we're going to go to in just a second. Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots, they were the most despised people in society at that time. They were super despised. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him, and when you saw it, you did not afterwards relent and believe him. So this, this is the point we have to get. There's two sons. Which son are you? Which daughter are you? Because there's so many people say, I'll give all, I'll buy the field, I'll go all the way, Jesus, I'll do anything for you. We do it in worship every Sunday. You can have it all, Jesus. And then you take it right back as you walk out the door. You see what I'm saying? God is a jealous God. He wants everything. He's not going to settle for you being in control. He wants to be in control and you have to be obedient. Now, you do have a free will. That's awesome. Your free will was made to be obedient to God. And God doesn't give us stuff that's mundane. He asks us to do stuff that matters. But actually, there's a lot of things, guys, newsflash, that God asks us to do that are not convenient when better options come along. God has, I have been in situations in my personal life where God has had me doing certain things that have been a great cost to me personally, and better options have come along. And you know what I've had to do? No, I can't do that. I'm already committed. See, I'm married to this woman. This ring here is not some cheap piece of jewelry that means nothing to me that I can swap. This here is a covenant before heaven that I have pledged the balance of my life to her. And I do it with total joy. What that means is every other option is invalid. Can we get this in our marriages? Single people, can you start getting this now so that if you don't practice this in your singleness, how are you going to think that you're going to magically transfer and transform when you're married? Oh, there's the better option now. Cool, awesome. I'm getting upgraded. No, I'm really saying it now. Come on, how many here are a result of a broken home because that happened? I can put my hand up. I'm not trying to single anyone out. I'm just trying to make a point. Better options are illegal. Once you make a covenant, this stuff matters to God, guys. And if you honor this stuff, if you become a person that starts 
oh, I'm going to be on time, or I'm going to serve God, I'm going to do this thing, or oh, I'm going to make sure that I'm faithful to that thing. This stuff really, if you aren't faithful with the little, how could you ever be expect that God's going to give you rule over your great destiny? Oh, I'm, I'm so cold, it's amazing. I'm just sticking around until my time comes. I'm just waiting around until my train comes because don't you know I'm called to be a minister? So I'm just going to hover around. No. If you're not faithful to the way that any other thing, like guys, like I've had opportunities that were just like mind-blowing and I've just gone, nope, sorry, because I'm committed to something already. We have to remember who we're covenanted with. Okay. Can we just get this where we actually start becoming the son that says we might have a fight in us at first, but we actually shift over and do the right thing? rather than the son that makes promises and never does it. Promises matter to God. Okay, come with me please to Matthew chapter 5. We're just going to skim through a few of these things. Someone getting something tonight? Like, this stuff here is never the stuff that really gets us excited on the front end, but this is the kind of stuff that gets you blessed on the back end when you press into it and you allow stuff like this to challenge you and confront you where you actually shift over and change and it causes God to be able to bless your life in a crazy way. Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. Actually, let's start from verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said, of these things of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform your oaths to the Lord. When you make a promise, you make an oath, you make a covenant. And if we started getting that, like, you know, on the little things, you'd actually be able to start to live it better on the big things, the things that matter. Okay? So what it's saying is you, you better not swear falsely, God's watching. Verse 34, But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your own head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. Then what it says here, verse 37, this is Jesus speaking, but let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the devil. What that means is the whole maybe non-committal, I'm going to float around until I see the best option. No, if God's actually putting something in front of you, or if, if, if there's a situation, and like honestly, sometimes we make this stuff so spiritual and it's not really that spiritual at all. It's just as simple as like, hey, could you please come and help me move my house? Or yes or no. Don't say yes and then not show up. If, if you're invited for dinner, don't not show up if you say yes, because someone's made a meal for you. Does this like this is we need to hear this stuff because we haven't been fathered and mothered properly, guys. And I'm sorry if you haven't, but we need to get this because we need to start acting growing up. One of the things that shocked me when I moved here, I mean so many things shocked me, and trust me, you come to New Zealand, there's a ton of stuff gonna shock you too, because the whole world's messed up. So I'm not picking on Southern California. I love this place, but you can't love the dysfunction. There's people that defend culture that's totally dysfunctional just because of it's an ego thing. Listen, separate. You're, the Bible's already told you that you're not of this world, so stop defending this world and start moving over towards the things that matter to God. That's the stuff that matters. That's the stuff that's going to become eternal. You're going to stay eternal. Never let it be said of you that you were the flaky person. And if it has been said of you, change tonight. Just one simple decision. That's it, I'm done. God, please help me. Holy Spirit, I ask you to set something over my mouth that every time I go to make a cheap promise, because honestly, guys, we've been so conditioned to make cheap promises. We've been so conditioned. 
yeah, January 1st, I'm going to promise myself that I'm going to do a diet for the rest of the year. I'm never going to eat chocolate this year. January 2nd. (laughs) It's true though, right? I've done it just like you. I'm not condemning you. But the problem is, is that we've become complacent and we've become slack and we've become watered down and dulled down in our convictions and actually Holy Spirit wants us to take back the standard. He really does. Because that's where the blessing of God is going to sit on your life. This is how, guys, people are going to get saved around you because they're going to see the integrity of God on your life. You're going to be the person that they can depend on, not the person they run from when they're in trouble. Come on, I'm speaking to sons and daughters of God tonight. Okay. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Don't let there be anything else in between. Don't let there be a maybe. Don't let there be a yes, but. Don't, there be, don't, don't let there be a yes, but here's five get out of jail free clauses because we've become amazing lawyers, haven't we? We've created loopholes for every scenario in our society. Yeah, I'll totally do that, but if something else pops up, I won't see you. <laughs> nope. Nope. That's actually not good enough. Come on, guys. You were made for greatness. And greatness doesn't just look like you praying for someone and seeing someone healed. Greatness looks like your character matching the power of God flowing through your life. Otherwise, what good is it? What good is it if people can't count on you? The reason that people came and found Jesus was because he was actually a man of integrity. Okay, last scripture. Luke chapter 9, please. Let's go to it. Man, I feel real good right now. Devil, you a liar. You a liar, devil. See, the devil is a liar. He, the Bible calls him the father of lies. Don't be his child. No, I'm serious. Don't be his child by letting your words actually not tell the truth. That's why Jesus turned to his own disciples. He's like, you don't know what spirit you're of. Because they were operating like sons of the devil rather than sons of God. He called it out. He looked at the Pharisees. He's like, your father is the devil. Why did he use that language? Because their character displayed the attributes of the devil. Your character matters to God. That's why the Bible says above everything else, the most important thing, more important than the way that you dress and the way you look and your religious rituals and the way you talk and the power and the gifts and how important you are to the body of Christ, guard your heart. For from it flow the issues and the outworkings of your life. That's why it says earlier in um, Psalms chapter 15 that those that speak the truth from their heart, not those that tell you what you want to hear. Sound familiar? This territory tells you what you want to hear, not what the truth is. We need character. Okay. Ah, I love you, Jesus. You're amazing. This is awesome. Okay, so uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Do you know that Jesus actually heard that a lot? The rich young ruler came up to Jesus, and he's like, can you imagine it? If if Jesus was here today and we had a rich young ruler scenario, this is what it would sound like. Hey, Jesus, God's told me to come and follow you. The irony of that, right? And Jesus turns to them and says, hey, I want you to empty out your Chase bank account. 
and I want you to go and give it to all the homeless people. And the guy's like, but you don't understand, I'm a hedge fund baby. Jesus is like, but I thought you said that God told you to come follow me. He's like, well, you don't understand, I'm a hedge fund baby. Bottom lip starts to grow. The guy turns around, and what he just previously, moments earlier, said he wanted to do, he now no longer wants to pay the price for. Does this make sense? There is actually a real cost associated with your pursuit of Jesus, and there's a real cost associated with your outworking of looking like a son. And it's not that we want to put an act on. Don't ever let it be to look good. Let it be an outworking of what's going on in your heart. Look, if you look messed up, cool. Just stay looking messed up. As long as your heart wants the right thing, we can work with that. That's going to be all right. It's not about, hey, man, this dude's really... Look, if you lie once in a while, listen, as long as you don't want to live like that and you're not doing it to, on purpose to deceive people, we can work with that. But the second that you want to be deceitful and hide who you really are and like have all these pretentious things and like really not... Like hanging out, I like, I like going to church because I have to, but then I don't really like those people. And, da -da -da -da, and I tell them I want to commit, but then I don't really... Da -da 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 -da. And it just becomes this big messed up thing. And guess what? You're the only crazy person in the circle. Honestly, it's, it's messed up. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. There's freedom when you just say, hey, you know what? I'm done with it. I'm going to start being real. And even if my realness is messed up, at least it's real. Because at least in my realness, I'm walking in character. And God sees my heart. And even though I'm messed up, I actually do want to do the right thing and I do want to get things right in my life. Grace and mercy comes at you like a flood. And I'm telling you, freedom's going to come really well to you. It's going to be a beautiful story. But, the, but when we preserve ourselves to look good, it's when it all comes undone. When we make promises and have no intention of being serious. Listen, from today on, I pray that Holy Spirit starts to convict every person in this room like a ton of bricks hanging over our heads. Every time we make a cheap promise, every time we make a cheap statement, every time we... we agree to do something and then we have no intention of doing it. Or if we mean it in the moment, but then we get given a better offer. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you start to grip us with the character of God that we'd start walking in integrity on another level because it's going to cause people to recognize us. See, the thing is, is that you could walk in, in integrity in front of someone for 25 years and they never say something, but one day their world falls apart. Who are they going to come to? All the goofballs in the office that left them hanging for dinner parties or the one that turned up every single time? I'm serious. Because when the day that you do open your mouth and tell them about Jesus, it's going to mean more. It's going to hold weight. Because when you keep your word, you're actually saying, I care. And this matters. Come on. Okay, verse 57, where were we? Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will, go, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus turned to him, foxes have holes and birds, have the air, uh, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. And he said, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead, their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And, also, and another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And Jesus said, no one, now please pay attention to this verse. This verse matters. It really matters. But Jesus said to him, no one, comma, having put his hand to the plow, or that, what that looks like is getting a part of something and covenanting with something. 
and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's some deep, weighty words right there. That, like a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. Cool, I'm doing this. This is awesome. I'm a part of this. Next minute, what happened to that person? Oh, I guess it's not God anymore. Oh, I guess God changed his mind because God's words are cheap too, right? You see what I'm saying? See, true integrity holds the course to the death. This is, if you really want to talk kingdom character, this is what it looks like. It looks like Jesus walking all the way up Calvary with every person in his heart saying, I'm going to do this, Father. This is going to cost me everything, but I gave you my word that I would come, and I'm going to get up here with every breath because integrity matters. Come on. Let's look like Jesus in this, guy. Sometimes it's going to cost you everything, but it matters. Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Father, change us. Change us. Let us be ones that don't just preach but act. Let us be ones that don't just say things but actually live this, God. Holy Spirit, help us change us. Every single person, including myself, has levels of conviction in this room tonight. And I pray that you would change us and that you would give us the tools that we need to walk on another level of character and integrity. Because God, Father, we want to abide with you. We want to walk with you. We want to walk things out with you and live in character. We want to be in your presence, and we want to please you. We want to get your attention, because what we, what we live is what we say, and not the other, and, and not, not, not disconnected, God. Let our lives reflect what we say and what we believe, so that your attention is on us, and that your blessing is poured out over our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that tonight some of us are going to change from here on. This is a pivotal moment. We're going to start walking on another level. We're going to start walking in character. We're going to start walking in identity. We're going to start walking in integrity. In Jesus' name. Can I say this? You cannot do what we're talking about tonight without intimacy with God. You can't do this in your own ability. You need the strength and the person of God to wash over you so that you can actually walk in this stuff. G Otherwise, you're going to burn out. I tried to put a show on for a few weeks, but then I, I couldn't back it up. The presence of God's going to make you do this. If you do this any other way, and you just try and look like what I'm talking about tonight, it's, it's going to fizzle out. You're going to be eating chocolate on January 2nd. Thank you, God. Not for the chocolate, but thank you for integrity. <laughs> oh, I'm on a diet right now. There's no sugar and no carbs. Uh, here I am talking about chocolate. <laughs> it's called the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> food integrity. <laughs> exactly, there's food integrity. Thank you, God. Let's just stand to our feet. I'm going to close in prayer. If anyone wants prayer at the end, if this is an area that you struggle in, and it actually is a genuine struggle in your life, it's something that's like, I try to do this, but every time I try and do this, I feel like I get sabotaged, or I feel like there's a stronghold. Please come up the front. Jeff and myself and Bex are going to be up here to pray with you and talk you through and counsel, counsel you on any area around this in Jesus' name. So, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that you break through atmospheres and bring freedom that you are the one that overrides the strongholds of our minds and shows us better ways that you like things done with so that our life would be successful and that we would have, we would have a way that you can bless walked out in our lives. 
I thank you, God, for every one of us, myself included, that you would help us to live in greater levels of integrity and character, that our yes would be yes, our word would be, would be dependable. People would be coming to us to count on people when they can't count on others, that we wouldn't take better options when they come along after we've already committed to something, that we would be known as those that walk things out even when it costs us a better deal. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Shatarababa. Thank you, God. I bless every person here in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have been sent to be our helper and our teacher and to lead us into all kinds of freedom and truth. And I thank you that even regarding this area of character, you're helping every person in this room. In Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed.